Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition Podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser, and with us, we have a very special guest. Adam Marburger is a serial entrepreneur that lives his life in the following buckets, automotive, real estate, insurance, and martial arts. He owns and operates Ascent Dealer Services, Marburger Investment Group, A2 Investment Group, Alton Family Martial Arts, and Marburger Coaching and Development. When Adam is not working, he is spending as much time as possible with his three beautiful daughters. Adam, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition Podcast. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. One of the questions I love to start with when I am speaking with serial entrepreneurs on this podcast is, where was your head at when you were 18? <laughs> In my rear. <laughs> You're the first person that's ever given that answer, and I, I've been waiting for someone to say that. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have it all figured out. See, I thought I did, and that's why it was in my rear. So, yeah. So, did you get into martial arts at a young age, or was that something that was sort of in an early adulthood? I did. My, so, I was a junior in high school. Uh, I was 17. Uh, a buddy of mine, another classmate, uh, a guy in a, a grade older than me, he was going to a kickboxing school, and uh, I was good friends with him. So, I tagged along. I got involved in kickboxing. It was my junior and senior year of high school. Wow. And what was the first thing you did after you graduated high school? So I, after high school, um, you know, I, I decided to focus on my career for the next three, four years. And then I got back into martial arts. But, you know, right out of high school, I got right into the automotive industry. I uh, went all in at age 18, uh, dropped out of college uh, at age 20 and pursued a, a management career in automotive. Wow. So where were you working? I was working at a Nissan dealership here near St. Louis, Missouri, and I acted as the uh, finance director of that store. Wow. And what was it like being sort of fresh out of high school and working in that role? Were you the youngest one on the, on the floor? I was, and a lot of the customers didn't take me serious, you know, especially the older clientele. They're like, here, how old are you? You know, and it, it, I did. I had a baby face. I looked young. I was very professional. I was always really good in sales and I knew how to treat people and connect with people. So I was able to really get around me being really young and really uh, learn to serve my customer and help them, you know? Wow. So were you good right off the bat or was there definitely like a learning curve that you had to go through? It was natural right off the bat. Like here, when I first started selling cars at 18, it took me like three months to figure it out. I was really bad at it for three months. And then I got really good at it and then right into finance and was really good at finance. I was just good with numbers and people. Like I knew how to help people uh, and I knew how to manage people as well. So I see that you own a coaching and development company. Are you of the belief that sales is something that can be taught or is it something you're born with? I think it's both. People ask that a lot. I think it's both. 
because I think we can always grow and enhance our sales abilities. Um, I, I do think, though, people that are natural born, I think God gives us gifts. And sometimes those gifts come in the form of sales. Um, it's tough to, you know, it, I think it's a two prong approach. Who's the best salesperson you've ever met? Hmm. My firstborn, Anna. She's a closer. No kidding? She's a closer. I mean, she just knows how to close. <laughs> how old is she? She's going to be 13 in July. Oh, wow. So she just always gets what she wants? Just, you know, I'm learning because to be an effective <sighs> parent, we can't do those things. But man, she's beautiful. She's straight A student. She's a super achiever. She deserves the things that she has. And she sure as heck knows how to ask for them. So did you have any mentors in the sales space? Like, were you listening to Zig Ziglar tapes or did it just come to you, man? Yeah, it kind of came to me, but I seek mentors. Uh, I used to seek yeah. out mentors. You know, a guy by the name of Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone is just an elite business and floor fluency. You know, I was a client of his and he, you know, he helped me out a lot. Uh, Dr. John Maxwell, his leadership uh, is absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, so I've, you know, I'm one of the, I'm a personal growth junkie. I love to listen to books. I love to read. I'm always searching for stuff. I'm very, I'm curious and thirsty. I'm very curious and thirsty for more. Um, so it's, I'm always looking for stuff. Of all the businesses that you're involved in, which one's your favorite? The one that provides the least amount of income. Let, let, so let's today. That's always the way it is. <laughs> let's say today, my favorite today, my most profitable business is my insurance firm. Um, and that is my fourth child. My, my, my business, Ascent Dealer Services, is my fourth child, sometimes my favorite child. Um, but the business that provides the most joy is my martial arts academy. It provides the least amount of income with the most amount of joy because I'm making real change in the community. I'm saving lives. I'm changing people's lives. Like jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu is truly something that can change your life. And we're really making an impact with that in our local community. I wanted to ask you about that because there's so many different schools of thought. There's so many different dojos. There's so many different gurus. And I, it, my intuition is that 90% of them are just kind of full of it. Not you, of course, but just generally speaking. So how does one who doesn't know anything about martial arts, but sees the value in it, determine where to go to, to learn and grow without making a terrible mistake? That is a really, really great question. So I challenge anyone that has interest in martial arts Let's look at the ones that are really effective, okay? If you watch the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, you got to know that there's great grapplers and there's great strikers. You need to learn how to fight on your feet, and you need to learn how to grapple. You need to know wrestling, you need to know jujitsu, and you need to know kickboxing. I think from just a martial arts standpoint, jujitsu is the one that trumps everything. Jujitsu, uh, it takes a very long time to become a black belt. And once you really you get really good at jujitsu, it's like a superpower. Uh, it, it builds confidence because the average person can't do anything to you and you can stay safe. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful martial art. Uh, and I think that it trumps all martial arts, Brazilian jujitsu. So I'm going to ask you a controversial question because it's going to be fun. Which martial art is the most worthless? Man, I don't really know. I don't want to use the word worthless because I don't want to offend Worthless anyone, from like, a self-defense standpoint. I'll, I'll give you an example. Like not knocking Taekwondo. I have to preface this. I don't, for, for the Taekwondo lovers out there, don't take this personal because I love you still because I still think it's cool that you're doing a martial art. But breaking boards and doing the forms and stuff are, are completely worthless. It's more of a, 
that's a cultural structural like like back in the day type i don't get into that stuff i just you know a lot of people you get you see these children that that are eight years old and 10 years old they get a black belt and their parents think Mm -hmm. they're like wow my kid's a black belt in taekwondo but that kid can't defend themselves you know so yeah. that's just my personal opinion. And if you do Taekwondo, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your no, feelings. No, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm more of a Second Amendment guy. <laughs> <laughs> so did you watch Cobra Kai? Uh, you know what I did? I watched the first season and part of the second season. I thought it was pretty good. I just, I'm so behind on stuff. I haven't followed up yeah, on it. Yeah. So what was it? How, when did you make the transition from in, employee to employer? Uh, great question. So back, I'll tell you how it happened too with it. It was 2017, May 2017 is when I retired from retail automotive. Uh, the month before, I had went home late from work one night. I had promised to take my firstborn to the to the uh, to the park. Uh, our property was right behind a park, and we just we'd walk over. Well, I came home a couple hours late. She's crying in bed, you know, and then she's comparing me to the next door neighbor's dad, saying, "Dad, you know." you're not like the other dads, they're always home. And then I started defending myself and like, and I realized, wow, she just needs more of me. So I went out into the garage. I called my boss. who's one of my best friends. He's a mentor of mine. I said, Hey, it's time. So that was the moment I made decision right then and there to walk away from working for somebody. And that's now <laughs> things are a little different in my life now. So that decision and the thing is too, it was scary. I walked away from a half a million dollar salary, a guaranteed I was making all the money, a very safe existence. I had plenty of time off when I needed it, but I was working for someone else. And, you know, I had to sometimes beg to be a father because I was dealing with retail customers, you know. One of the reasons I decided to start my business back in 2016 is because I, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have any kids. I had very little financial responsibility and no dependence. And I thought to myself, if I'm ever going to do it, this is the best time for me to take this sort of risk. And so, so my question for you is when you did decide to work for yourself, did you have your ducks in a row financially where you kind of set had savings and you were able to sort of take a risk or, you know, if things didn't work out in 24 months, you could go back to your job without having to lose your house, stuff like that. Yeah, I was blessed because I did make a a nice income. So I have, I had assets and I had real estate now, not to say that it didn't get real hard, you know, because fast forward, I ended up unfortunately going through a divorce I ended up having major setbacks. I had major losses. I wrote about this in my book, had a lot of losses and literally lost everything. Uh, So yeah, I had my ducks in a row. um, So I I was able to kind of take that leap, but then I ended up losing. That's a different story. But but yeah, so I think I always tell people, if you're going to take a risk, it is nice to take a calculated risk. Yeah, that's something that we don't really talk about a lot on this on this podcast, just because it hasn't come up. But I'm curious if you're comfortable speaking about it. What advice would you give entrepreneurs in terms of how to balance their business life with their marriage, specifically, not just kids, but marriage? Well, here, here's the thing. We have these buckets that we have to water. You know, we have our faith. We have our family. We have our finances. We have our personal development. We have our fitness. We have our, our social circles. And those are all little buckets or pillars that we have to individually water and at some level equally water, which I believe that the faith and the family hold precedence, the others, because I think if you put faith and then family, then everything else equal, life becomes really good. But you have to invest. You have to commit to invest into every single one of those buckets or you will become out of alignment, out of balance, and you will fall on your rear end. What's something that you would say you know now that you wish you had known back in 2017 when you uh, cut loose and started for yourself? 
that not everyone is meant to sit at your table and that is okay. Mm. That you just don't have to worry about people pleasing approval, addiction, social validation, and people pleasing is a, is a disease. And if we can recognize that it doesn't really matter, then we can live a more fulfilled life and we will grow in our vocation. We will grow in our personal lives and life becomes much more joyful. Were there moments over the last five or six years where you encountered a tremendous amount of self-doubt? Oh, yeah. 2019, worst year of my life. And there was more self-doubt. There was more self-doubt and self-destruction of any year of my life. And I'm grateful to say that I was able to overcome that. How did you overcome it? I got on my knees and begged God. And then what I did was I seeked other people doing exactly what I wanted to do. I connected with them, befriended them, and asked for mentorship followed their advice, put actionable steps in place, had accountability measures in place, and I grew all of my companies by doing so. How many mentors would you say that you have now? Do you, do you, do you Are you involved in five? I okay. got about a handful of mentors. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, my I do have mentors that do know each other. I've got mentors that are here. I got local pastor mentors. I've got other business mentors. Then from a global standpoint, I'm in uh, Andy Frisilla and Ed Milet's RFA. So that right there, that program, I've been in it for three months. It is insane, the, the connections and the amount of super achievers are into that. And I'm all about, you know, I, I want to be the least talented person in the room when possible. I mean, that, I just try to be the least talented person. Like, where humility is, is something that I embrace, and, and I just don't know it all. And I just want to get better. And so I try to be the least talented person. Mm, that makes sense. So have you ever taken on the role of mentor? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of mentees and I've got my own little personal coaching programs and it's, I I kind of, my business has grown to where I can only take X amount of clients at a time. And there's a, there's times where I'll put a post on Facebook. I'll take a handful of new clients and I'll give back to them and I won't even charge them. I do it more of of a passion project or I'll charge them just enough so they have some skin in the game to have a little bit of commitment from a psychological standpoint, financial standpoint. But yeah, I do that all the time. I'll reach out. I'll just level people and help them out. What have you learned from being a coach or being a mentor to others that surprised you? How much you can learn from others. You know, you think that when people reach out to you for help, that you're there to just serve them and you're there to give, 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 and there's not much for you to receive. Sometimes I found that that's quite the opposite, that you can learn from others uh, that you might not think you could learn from. So that's, that's been one thing there. Obviously, since the karate kid came out in the eighties, martial arts has really taken off. Every kid goes through a period of time where they want to do martial arts because they want to do the awesome kick and they want to hang out with Mr. Miyagi. Right. And they want to have that, that fun experience. But, you know, I've come to understand from others and from the podcasts I listen to like the Jocko Willings and the Joe Rogans that there's really a spiritual psychological component to it. So can you share a little bit about how martial arts has helped you as a salesman or as a businessman or as a coach? Oh yeah. Yeah. Really. There's a couple of things that it does. Um, I used to fight MMA and when you, when you walk into a cage and you lock the door and you, you fight another human being, there's two things that happens. There's one, you get to find out what you're capable of. And then there's number two, which is much more profound is you get to find out what other people are capable of. And the real truth lies of who you are in those moments. So what martial arts has given to me is it's really allowed me to find myself and find out what I'm truly capable of, but to also understand that 
you can't judge a book by its cover. You don't know what that other individual is capable of. And so there's a level of respect and humility in our training partners. Like I train with some of the best of the best of the best world-class athletes. I train with them every week and we come together and we fight and we bleed and we sweat and we bond. We are a family. It is a family. And one, one thing about martial arts is we're all connected. We're all connected. We have that level of respect. So it's really helped me in my career because it's given me this indestructible confidence, not cockiness. It's confidence. It's given me a level of respect, a level of humility. Uh, so, yeah, it's really changed everything for me. Without martial arts, I know unequivocally that I would not be here today. I would not be the business person that I am today without martial arts. I just wouldn't be, wouldn't be here. You've obviously got a lot of things going on simultaneously, which is really impressive. It's, it's something that I struggle with because I, I'm a creative sort of ADD person. So it's easy for me to go down different rabbit holes, but hard for me then to finish things that I start. So my question for you is, how is it that you're able to manage these different organizations, entities, responsibilities, um, uh, and, you know, to have time to sleep at night? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. And here, I would love to say that I'm, I'm like, have it figured out. I really don't have it all figured out, but I do have systems in place. I have processes in place um, and I have delegation measures. I have learned to be an effective CEO. So I have to learn, like, if I cannot leave my company, like the, the sign of a true CEO is if I disappear for three months, will my company still be running? And if mm -hmm. the answer to that is no, then you're not truly an effective CEO and you're not delegating, you're not investing in your people, or you do not have the right people, and you don't have processes, okay? Um, so for what I've done in all of my businesses is I put the right people in the right places, and I hold those people accountable. But then I love and I invest in them. I've got an example of something too. I, I have my own daily worksheet. Every single day I wake up, I write out five things that I'm grateful for. I write out five major goals of the day. I write up five very important calls. Now, these are the most important calls that I must make. And then I write down from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. exactly by the hour. What do I need to be doing? And so everything is very, every every day is very structured. At the end of the day, I look at my list and I cross off everything. And then as I go up to the day, I cross it off. But I take the things on my list that maybe I didn't get to and I move it to the next day. So it's all about structure, organization, and discipline. And if you can have that, you can sleep at night <laughs> if you don't have that i can't sleep at night if you know if i don't have that was it hard for you to delegate the first time in your entrepreneurial roles you're damn right because i'm a freaking control freak i am an absolute control freak i want to do it all myself and i still struggle with that so how'd you let go you just didn't have a choice <laughs> didn't have a choice can't scale a company can't scale a company my business ascent blew up I mean, just blew up to where I didn't, I didn't have a choice. I had to invest in people and hire people and I had to trust people. You have to trust your people. Um, otherwise you're not doing them a, a service. If you don't trust them and give them an opportunity. So what are your goals by 2025? Goals by 2025 um, is to spend more time with my daughters, more high quality time, get as healthy as I possibly can and continue to grow Ascent Dealer Services. You know, I've got financial goals for that company. Um, you know, I've got an eight-year plan uh, for that company. Um, you know, I'm 42. I'm going to be 43 this year. By 50, um, you know, I've got, a, I've got kind of a plan. And that plan is to 
um, to be working from the beach and delegating. I want to have myself replaced. I do not want to be the CEO of my company. I want to have a CEO running my company for me and I want to exit because that's my plan. So you're going to sell it to Patrick Bet David? Nope. I'm not. I don't know if I'll sell it. I, 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 you know, the idea would be great. To, I've got a dollar number of mine kind of in my head, but I think how cool would it be to pass it on to the family and have the family run the business and then have, you know, generations run it. You know, how cool would that be? That would be really cool. Do you think your kids want to do it? My firstborn, Anna, is a, is a, she's a future CEO. I mean, she, she's got in her mind. She wants to go to Juilliard. You know, Arabella and Ast Aston's my five-year-old. I mean, she's my baby. I don't know what we got there. Arabelle, I don't know. I don't know if what if Arabelle wants to be in business. Uh, she might be a stand-up comedian because she's hilarious. But my firstborn, <laughs> my firstborn is a business woman. She's a, she's a, she's a CEO in the making. When did you first realize that? Goodness. I was looking at a picture of her the other day. She was a year and a half and she was carrying around money, wearing her mom's purse with high heels on and money. I, I, very young age. Very, very young age. So where can people <laughs> find you, follow you, and engage with your story? So I'm I'm real easy to find on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, just type in Adam Marburger, M-A-R-B-U-R-G-E-R, LinkedIn, Adam Marburger. Uh, Facebook, Adam P. Marber. I'm sorry, Instagram, Adam P. Marburger. But I use Facebook and LinkedIn majority. That, those are the two platforms that I that I use for for business and connecting with people. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. And I hope you come back and join us in eight years from the beach and let us know how you did it, man. Yeah, I love it. Well, I had a good time. It was a great interview. And you know, thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. Switching to Shopify helps you sell smarter at every stage of your business. Take full control of your brand with your own custom online store. Wow, looks amazing. Find more customers with our easy-to-use marketing tools. Piece of cake. And let the best converting checkout on the planet do its thing. Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Switch to Shopify today for a $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Listen. 